Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck so yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. As we enter 2021, as more as things change, they remain the same. As wrestling, entertainment, movies is an outlet to get away from the tragedies and the insanity of the real world. Jay, uh, I wish we were coming together just to, you know, talk about the amazingness of the of the present week of wrestling, but the real world has struck again. Jay, I know it's, these are hard times in this country, not just with COVID, but with the actions of our moronic for the next 20 days or so president. How are you doing on these rough uh, first days of 2021? Um, well, got a great result in Georgia, so I'm, I'm happy about that. I think it's uh, great progress for the country, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, really the fact that um, so many people came out to vote in Georgia, which I think was fantastic. Um, as far as what happened yesterday, I mean, this was, listen, the stuff that happened in Georgia, the election, uh, Biden getting elected, Obama years, all this stuff is correlated, right? So like, um, none of this stuff really shocks me anymore. So uh, it kind of is what it is. Uh, it's not something to, it's something to be sad about for sure, but it's something also where our country needs to do better. We need we need to do better as a people. We need to be better to each other. Uh, we need to we need to we need to do better. And um, yeah, hopefully hopefully that's what happens. Um, so yeah, let, let's talk about wrestling because it was a fantastic uh, night in wrestling as we uh, presumed it would be. Uh, New Year's Dash, I did not watch at all. Um, cause Corey said it was not a great show. So we won't talk about New Year's dash, but, uh, we can definitely talk about Russell kingdom, which was, I mean, I watched wrestling for four hours, Monday, four hours, Tuesday, uh, I, you know, four, four hours. Yeah. It was just a, a great, great week in wrestling so far. Actually five hours. Cause we watched a really good, uh, Myron Reed versus Leo Rush, uh, match with Leo yeah. Rush, of course, from the, uh, MTV's, uh, competition show, which, uh, our social media angel from uh, You Don't Know Jackie podcast uh, told me that Leo Rush was on. So he's also on that competition show. So apparently that does well too. But congratulations to Leo Rush on winning the MLW title. Fortunately, we may not have that much time to talk about it this week, but if we do get a chance, it was a great match. It's on YouTube for free. You go out of your way to watch it. But uh, Jay, uh, I guess we, we could start with Wrestle Kingdom, but the big story coming out is something that, you know, Happened a couple of years in the making the day after Wrestle Kingdom at New Year's Dash was when uh, AJ Styles was thrown out of the Bullet Club. The last time that these five men were basically in the ring together, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and the Good Brothers. Last night, they rejoined each other. I don't know if they'll be called the Bullet Club. They might be called the band. It might be called something else, depending on commentary last night. They can't call it the club either because of uh, AJ's uh, thing. Right, and, and who knows what WWE might do to contract if they put Finn Balor back together with AJ or something, and who knows, but it's amazing. A couple of years later, and still the biggest thing in the in the industry, and if you saw the last couple of nights, is still, you know, members of the Bullet Club. And I put up on uh, Wrestling Life, uh, did you watch it? You know, is it just a cheap pop? Was it awesome? Were you watching NXT? We had a pretty much, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag. I think it was like five people Initially, when I first looked at it, said that, you know, just another cheap pop, you know, four people said, 
that, you know, cool. And another, like one or two people said, watching NXT. And then of course we had one of our guys, um, one of our other shows, Felipe, Total Basis Podcast. You know what? Real life was going on. And unfortunately, you know, they get a chance to watch it yet. But uh, Jay, I'll let you get first crack at this. What'd you think of the reformation of the Bullet Club? Was it just a cheap thing to draw a rating or was it cool? Was it? Yeah. So I I think one thing I want everyone to think about too is, right. And I think Corey and I really got in on New Japan at like the perfect time. It was kind of like right at the end of AJ's run and um, he was wrestling those spectacular matches. I think the first Wrestle Kingdom I watched was the AJ Shinsuke match for the IC title. Um, Yeah. So I think that was the first one that I watched. And I think Corey and I were lucky that we kind of got in on it early and you see the influence, you know, the Bullet Club was in a main event of NXT. Uh, the Bullet Club was in a main event of, of AEW and, and it, that Bullet Club's a big reason why AEW is around. Maybe the biggest, probably the biggest. So New Japan's influence and the Bullet Club's influence on pro wrestling is just, um, I, I mean, probably the most influential group stable of all time uh, you'd have to say nwo obviously gets a lot of love too for horsemen but like look at how they've dominated wrestling um you know other than the main roster because vince doesn't know how to book someone who's not six foot eight but just just spectacular stuff uh as far as the reformation of the bullet club i mean we'll see i think they could really make it interesting you know, because the Bucks didn't want to be involved. I don't want the Bucks to go full heel. I really hope they don't do that. Um, I like the idea of telling the story of the Bucks being, because I think the, this is the best that the Young Bucks have been in AEW, other than their match with Paige and Omega. That was a great feud. So I, that was a great feud. But as champions, I think they've really done well. I almost think like this is where they were supposed to be all along. These babyface champions, who take on all challengers, like that's what they should be. And I think they've embraced the role. They've put over other tag teams. They've been really good. So I don't want this to go back to, and, and the Young Bucks also are kind of awkward heels. They've always been kind of awkward heels. And so, um, you know, I, I hope that this kind of evolves eventually into a good brothers Young Bucks tag match, which I think it will with Omega having to choose. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways they could go. I worry sometimes with AEW because they, they have these interesting ideas and then it, it kind of falls flat. Um, but I think this is potentially something that could be really, really interesting and, 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 a, and a big, a big deal. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, you know, they had the elite are wrestling next week. So you knew that you knew that was coming. Uh, so I, I think there's some interesting layers to this and there's some uh, interesting ways they can go for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, We'll talk about this more, you know, as the show goes along, but you can more than likely say, and I know Jay will say this because he watched the show first and he was really, really big on it. You could say that AEW's last half hour was the whole entire show. And NXT as a full two-hour product was a better show this past week. It wasn't even, I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, but, you know, especially when you have, you know, silly things like Abaddon going against Sheeta you know, and stuff like that, which, you know, I mean, here, here's the thing. It's hard. We not, I don't even want to do the comparison because NXT had a takeover like show. AEW didn't have a pay-per-view like show. They just had a good show. So it's, it's okay. kind of hard to, it's, it, 
Yeah, it's 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 hard to compare. Yeah, I mean the last match with Omega and Phoenix was great. Not better than O'Reilly uh, and and Balor, but very. Yeah, I don't think it was even close, but a very good match nonetheless for sure. So um, and but that angle was a and that's why AEW continues and will continue to do better in the ratings because they still have those angles that are like NXT just can't do that. NXT is losing two of their biggest stars like in the next week. Right. Yeah, well, if the reports so, are true, I mean, you know, I mean, not, I mean, that's what we're, I mean, listen, they both lost in a big show. That's what we're hearing. That's probably what's going to happen. Right. So, and if they, if they don't go this week or next week, they're going to go at some point. So you have NXT losing people and AEW gaining people and making big stories and big angles. So as good of NXT's wrestling is going to be, they just can't compete with angles like that and losing stars. So let me ask you this though. And I think I, I might have brought this up on the, uh, the Wrestling Life Facebook uh, page. How long do, do you want to see it go for? And how long do you think it will, this Bullet Club reunion? Do you think this is setting up a bigger thing where the Bucks go and are part of this for as almost like as just inside, like, you know, agents where, you know, they're there to go and get the false hope of Don Callis, find out what he's really doing. And then within a couple of weeks, they're going to turn and be, guys who are really there for AEW, or do you think this is a couple of month build as the big angle for the first half of the year? I mean, where do you think this Bullet Club reunion, including the Young Bucks, is going? I mean, like you said, yeah. you like better as baby faces. Yeah, they're absolutely better baby faces. I, I don't know, Corey, because a couple of things. One, you would think, okay, AEW is going to do a long-term story. Um, and they tried to do that with Hangman and Omega. I think it was a little awkward um to be honest with you but you know they got there with the match um i think the bucks and page and hangman build was very good one of the best builds i think they've had for any match that they've had sure the ftr bucks build was horrible horrible build great match right it was a horrible build great match but honestly i remember how bad the build was more than how good the match was that's the way that i look at it um so what they're gonna do here who the hell knows I think they need to take their time. I think they need to figure this out. I think they need to go slow. But AEW kind of has that thing where they rush things. So I really would like to see them take a while. And I really would like to see them do this as a slow build. Um, you know, to eventually the Young Bucks against the Good Brothers, which could main event, you know, uh, which would definitely main event in, uh, a dynamite and maybe main event a pay-per-view. They've talked about the idea that eventually they want one of these tag team matches to main event a pay-per-view and bucks good brothers probably would be it so there's a lot of ways that could go but man i just you know uh, again we could you know go into stings stings out there again every week we didn't want that so i i just i worry that aw is gonna gonna rush this i think tony khan tony khan's greatest strength is his biggest weakness he's a huge wrestling fan which means he wants to do great things, wants to put everyone over. But I think at the same time, the storytelling aspect sometimes gets lost in with length of time and things like that. So um, we'll see. I think it should be a long bill um, to, you know, eventually there being consternation with Omega and the Bucks and eventually them turning on them. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know where, where it goes. I mean, I'm somewhere in the middle where, 
I think that this could be a big ratings bonanza for them. I mean, of course, with everything going on in the real world this week, both shows were significant. So, Corey, hold on. I have a question for you about the ratings bonanza. Now, we did put on, uh, you put on Wrestling Life, you know, about people being interested and they were kind of like, you know, Mets and Mets. And I'm not counting the stuff that happened in the world yesterday. That's a different, that's a different story. Is Gallows, now, they're only adding Gallows and Anderson. That's it. That's all they're adding. Adam Cole's not coming. AJ's not coming. So they're adding two guys who were released, two more guys released by the WWE again to form, you know, the Bullet Club, right? Are Gallows and Anderson and this angle going to be a ratings bonanza? I, I don't. I don't know if I, I think it could be interesting. I think it could be good television. I would not say this will be a ratings bonanza. Hmm. That's an interesting point. I mean, I also think I put in somewhere that I think you're also going to have, because I still think the end game is that the guy who beats him, uh, beats Kenny Omega for the title will be Hangman Page. I think that's a long-term story here. And one of the things that I don't know if you caught, because I know that some weeks you're doing a thousand things, you don't get a chance to hear the, um, um, the the commentary for some of these shows is that one of the things that they did say was they congratulated Kota Ibushi on winning the uh, the IW. Oh yeah, there's, there's been a lot. There's been a lot more. Um, a lot more New Japan talk. A lot more. You know, they they mentioned that Omega, uh, that Omega and Okada were, were voted match of the year in 2017, or the like the greatest match ever, which it was. Uh, or the greatest Wrestle Kingdom match, I should say. So they're like referencing Wrestle. I mean, this is Okada. We don't have to get into that too much, but Okada mentioned having some type of relationship with AEW. I mean, this is going to happen eventually, uh, right? I don't think it'll happen anytime soon because of our restrictions and COVID and stuff like that. But I absolutely think this is something that down the line will happen. So I think there's layers that will bring in different parts of fans. I think the momentum built from this and other things that they could do. I mean, I don't think, you know, the, the wedding in a, in a month is going to be this big ratings draw, even though weddings usually are. But and Kip, Kip I, Sabian and Penelope Ford, Ford are not over. So it absolutely <laughs> will not be. And uh, I mean, Miro's wearing, you know, wacky things every week. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if they ever actually decide to build them. That's for another week. But just the idea of I think that they can build things slowly with one major angle after another. But I think it could work into building something big with, different companies working together and seeing how the progression of the impact is going. And like, I fully expect next week, you're going to see something, at least I'm hoping, something Rich Swan and the uh, the Motor City Machine Guns coming in to promote, you know, the hard target pay-per-view, which it only sounds smart for them to do possibly, you know. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a very interesting seesaw of how they balance all these things and what people are interested in. So. I think just based on internet buzz, like, and I know Twitter isn't real life, and it actually, people can go and talk about Twitter, and then no one actually watches the product, but I think the amount of interest that people are, they have on Twitter, I think makes you think that this could be an angle that could work. We'll see. Follow-up is always the key, right? Um, It's an interesting way they can go, but, you know, how they follow it up is the key. Um, It'll be interesting. Hard to kill. Uh, impact is in a couple of weeks, next, and it'll next be interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, next week. So that's uh, a week from now. You're right. Uh, next Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there with the pay per view. I might watch. I don't know. We'll see. 
Um, but you know, so that, you know, how do they kind of weave all those, those things in? Cause here's the thing for impact, right? Nobody cares about impact except for gals and Anderson, not for nothing. I mean, I love those guys, machine guns, Swan, all of those guys, but gals and Anderson are the, the two guys that people care about from impact for AEW and where they go. We'll see the follow-up AEW sometimes is real dicey real dicey man i mean it just it's it's not always great so i, I don't I, i'm I, i'm not going too nuts about this just yet yeah i mean we will definitely see and that's thing quickly because we have a, a thousand things to talk about this week that i really did enjoy this week on dynamite was the continued progression of the inner circle storyline i didn't think the match was very good i mean i thought wardlow worked hard trying to carry you know hager who I'm not sure why he's still in wrestling at this point, except for that wonderful paycheck I'm sure he's getting. Uh, I thought that, you know, the stuff they did with MJF continuing to be the snake in the grass and continuing to go and slowly be that guy, that real type of character that after the loss, he went to the locker room and said, you know what, I want to see how you were doing. And you can slowly see how those seeds are still going. How MJF is going to slowly lead to that face, full face turn of Jericho at some point where MJF takes over leadership Oh, you think it's gonna be a fa- you think it's gonna be a face turn for Jericho? Absolutely. Oh, for Jericho? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. They, yeah, they've been they're they're ready for that. Where MJ MJF is gonna have you know turn the group or whatever. Yeah. Um. Again, long term storyline. Um. And I wonder. I wonder what some of this stuff, right? They, so Tony Khan is the guy who writes the shows and whatever, but everyone gives them their ideas. Jericho, we know what he is. He's a legend, one of the best wrestlers of all time, one of the most creative minds of all time, maybe in pro wrestling. So Khan really takes Jericho's stuff and lets it ride. And so, you know, I wonder with, you know, I know the Bucks are executive vice presidents and yada, yada, yada. How much influence do they have? Are they going to have in these stories? How much influence is Jericho having in his stories? Because the inner circle thing has been, pretty some of the some of the you know some of the promos have been a little bit long some some you know but but stories have been interesting they've been trying to really do a good job of telling long-term stories so i i've i've enjoyed what they've done with them and the wardlow hager match i thought was good um you know good kind of big man match and you know you like to see that big men who can actually wrestle so that's kind of uh, you know fun to see so yeah, I, I'm um, very uh, curious to see where they go moving forward with that. But obviously, they're continuing that long-term story, which I'm excited about. Well, uh, let's be honest. The best uh, big Haas match this past week on TV was was not on the main roster of WWE or uh, AEW. It was on NXT with uh, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez. And then also, Damian Priest, who we'll talk about more in a minute here, with his mostly his graduation presence helping try to put over uh cross yeah i mean those matches were i mean the rear ripley match i know some people you know in wrestling life um were kind of questioning raquel gonzalez and someone compared it to nia jacks absolutely not absolutely not is she eo shirai in the ring no but is she a really good big man big woman right is she a really good like big wrestler, big woman's wrestler who can work? Absolutely. She does her style really well. And I, I, I think she's absolutely fantastic. I, I, I think she's fantastic. And um, that match was a lot, a lot of fun. 
Yeah, so um, so let's uh, let's get into it. You kind of mentioned it without actually mentioning it earlier, but there are reports out by the Twitter account Wrestling Votes and Dave Meltzer and also Sean Ross Sapp uh, on Fightful Select has confirmed the fact that uh, Damian Priest uh, looks like he'll be going up to the main roster. Uh, and there was actually conversations with him actually going up to the main roster this past Friday and having something to do with the Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens uh, situation going there, but uh, that got nixed. But he could be on his way any, you know, fairly soon. And also with Rhea Ripley doing the clean uh, loss, helping put Raquel Gonzalez to that next uh, level, I would think it's becoming more and more clear that she'll be uh, either a known entrant going in or a mystery entrant going into the Royal Rumble, maybe not winning it, but having, you know, the big debut as we had last year with the EST of NXT at the time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Mercedes Martinez is the next challenger for Io Shirai. And then Tony Storm, she has so many challenges, it's ridiculous. But I think Raquel Gonzalez becomes the next women's NXT champion. Um, and so we'll see when that happens. Um, as far as Damian appreciate, he's supposed to go to SmackDown. Uh, supposed to be Kevin Owens' best friend. But that got nixed by both Owens and Reigns because they're like, that doesn't make sense. Why would he be Kevin Owens' best friend? <laughs> um, and that makes sense. They don't seem like they would be, they would go out together too often. So, uh, so that, that makes sense. And, but now he's going to go to raw. So he really should try to stick it out. On <laughs> because I, God knows what's going to happen to him on raw. He's a perfectly made guy for Vince. He's a big guy. I think he really got a lot better um, from being in NXT from working with really, really good wrestlers. He can talk. I think he's like, he's got a good like gimmick. He can, I think his gimmick can transition either to babyface or to heel really well. And um, he can be kind of a natural at both, really, because as a babyface, he was really much better than I thought he was going to be. So I, I really like him. I just am terrified for what he'll be on the main roster. In terms of Rhea Ripley, it, it is funny with the women. Sometimes, maybe because Vince is not, I, I, I don't know what whatever his deal is with the women, but I feel like when the women come up, they a lot of them, if they seem like they're going to be stars on, on in, in NXT, they end up becoming pretty relevant characters on their main show. Um, and so I, I think Rhea Ripley was in a big match at WrestleMania already. Um, I think maybe the best match on, of, of WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, I think she can be potentially a pretty big star. So, yeah, I see her going to the main roster raw or smackdown i would say that she's bulletproof in terms of them not fucking her up but i i certainly can't say that for sure look at um some of the some of the people they've had in the past so um it'll be interesting to see what they do with both of them but i'm excited to see them on the main roster for sure but again this is you know nxt keeps losing people and not gaining anyone they they need to get like ethan Pay they need to get somebody in there they really do nxt needs a they need some new blood they need the karate man. Maybe not that gimmick, but they need Ethan. <laughs> Ethan Page could could work there for sure. I mean, I mean, there are some guys still out there. You still got Trey Miguel. I mean, you got the Rascals who could be coming up anytime now. It's actually getting. In, I was actually going to get into them later on with the the Dusty Classic. I was surprised they weren't one of the teams that was named. But if we have time, we'll try to get into that. You know, the, the that. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I thought both matches were good. I thought NXT as a whole was a very solid show. I'm 
very interested to see where they go next in regards to this world title situation. We know it's going to mostly be carrying cross, but do you think they go February with the Valentine's Day show, or do they wait for WrestleMania? And if not, is Pete Dunne the next challenger? Good points. Occasionally it happens. Probably. Well, you think it's going to be Pete Dunne because he's not going to win the title. And he's also not in this uh, Dusty Classic. So. Yeah. So he's not going to win a title. So you'd think they'd have Balor beat Dunn and then Balor lose to Cross because they, they, I mean, they love him. So you would think it would be Dunn against Balor at Valentine's Day Massacre. They're going to have to heat Pete Dunn up a little bit and get him some big wins before then. So, you know, how they get to that will be, now again, he could challenge for the title tomorrow. He's an over enough guy, but they are going to have to figure that out. Um, and so, yeah, we'll kind of see what, what they do there with that. I think it's an interesting problem to have. I mean, I do think it's going to be interesting what they do with the um, Undisputed Era going forward. I mean, you have Cole and uh, Strong in the tag team uh, tournament with Dusty Classic. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly, he's now lost twice for the title. He lost by submission this time. Looked like he might, I don't know if it was a worked angle, but looked like might have got hurt in the match. It's going to be interesting. He saw his reaction after the match where he looked visibly, you know. And where does he And where does he stay? You know, is he, does he stay on a main event level, which they've kind of put him on? Um, you know, does he drop down back to mid-card? Uh, does he challenge Gar- uh, Johnny Gargano for the uh, North American title? I think that's so, there's, so there's a lot of different ways that, that they can go with O'Reilly. I, you know, we've talked about this in the show several times, so we can move on. I don't want to get into this too much, but they've got to figure something out with the Undisputed Era. They, they have to move them forward. And I don't know how that happens. They're all small guys who will just get buried on the main roster. So they have to stay in NXT. But wh- how do you, what do you do with all those guys moving forward? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk more about uh, NXT and AEW next week, which both of them look to have on paper, you know, another two good shows, uh, you know, Darby versus Cage. We're going to finally get that. We'll see. They decide to, you know, change the title or how much, you know, Sting actually gets involved with his bat, you know, as a defense mechanism gets Taz. But Jay, um, let's, let's get into uh, Wrestle Kingdom, the, the main event of the week. We, we all thought that, you know, over two nights last week with Sean on the show. We did a really good analysis on this. I didn't think the show was going to be as good as it was because, you know, you could never, in your own mind, you always go, this could be a really good show, but not everything could go as planned. But all of the big matches besides, you know, uh, Tanahashi versus the great, I really, really suck at wrestling, Okan, and I think uh, Sonata versus Evil kind of under uh, underachieved. Besides that, every other big match really delivered in major ways. Yeah, no, I thought night two was, was much better than night one. Um, but there were just some tremendous, tremendous matches. Obviously for anyone listening to this, if you get a chance to, to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom, it, it was just a, a great, great night. Obviously absolute Jay White's best match. Um, I did note this on Wrestle Life and on Twitter. We are at work to shoot pod, both on Instagram and Twitter. Very nice um, he Kotobushi is the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, to have 
a back-to-back nights like that where you're wrestling 30 minutes and 50 minute matches and killing it and wrestling great matches and, and different style matches too, right? Like the Jay White match was a very different style match because it was a heel versus a baby face, whereas Naito was a little bit more baby face, baby face. So um, wrestling the two different styles, wrestling uh, those, ma- it was just, it was a tremendous, tremendous uh, night. Um, Shingo and Cobb, I'm a big Shingo fan. Uh, if you guys who haven't seen him, if you can see, if you can check him out, he is just, he's becoming my new Shibata. He's becoming like my new guy. He's not there yet. He's got a long way to go, but he's just a guy that every time I watch him wrestle, I love his style. I like guys who, when they wrestle, they want to kick someone's ass and they also have a good move set and they also know how to tell a good story. And he really seems to have all those things. Um, and I mean, he looks like he's gonna, he's hurting you. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, he, he, he looks like a badass. So and I think the, it's funny with New Japan. And I think for people who are listening to this podcast, who are watching us on Wrestle Life, New Japan is way different than anything you see in American wrestling because, you know, you don't know about these guys' promos. You don't know about a lot about a lot of these guys. So you kind of have to go by, do they, do they seem to have charisma? Do you like their outfit? Do you like their move set? So it's it's all it's like a it's like way different in some ways than the U.S. Like I might love Shingo, but then if he can't talk his way out of a paper bag, maybe I wouldn't like him as much. So it's just very very interesting. So again, I would absolutely um, encourage people to watch New Japan because it's just a different style of wrestling. They tell stories really differently. There's only one thing about New Japan I don't like, other than when they take they take a little bit too long to put people over. Soriana? No. Every match has to have the uh, guys hitting each other for 15 seconds. Every match is like, we got to hit each other for 15 seconds and say, come on, come on, hit me. Blah, blah. Every match doesn't have to be that. You know, every, other than that, I, I mean, New Japan is just unbelievable. I put on and, and Jay White's promo and, and everything. Just great stuff. I mean, I put on our Twitter, as you said, for at Workshoot Pod. That, you know, for years, uh, Jeff Cobb played a monster on the underground, Lucha uh, Lucha Underground. And I feel at Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, he became a monster, actually. You know, he was no longer playing. He lost a match. Yeah, but he was dominant. No, he didn't. No, no, you can't be a monster if you lose a match, Corey. You can, you can be, you can, you can, you can get put. Here's the problem with. So we can talk about this. And just for you guys who don't know, New Japan has this new stable with Will Ospreay, Great Okan, who sucks, and Jeff Cobb. And so Jeff Cobb, you guys may know him, Ring of Honor, he was in AW for a little bit, things that, that like that. Jeff Cobb has already had these great matches in the G1. Will Ospreay has already had these great matches. They don't need having a... a, 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 a matchmaking performance on Wrestle Kingdom doesn't mean shit because they've done this already in the G1 a bunch of times. We've seen this. Now there's some certain guys are telling different stories, right? So Jeff Cobbs beat Shingo a bunch. So they're telling the story of Shingo overcoming, excuse me, overcoming all those losses. I get that. Osprey, there's no reason for him to lose. Doesn't make any sense. And then Jeff, uh, Great Okan sucks. So he could lose until the cows come home. 
but they certainly didn't put them put Empire over. He didn't look like Jeff Cobb looked like a really good wrestler. He did not look like a monster because he did not win the match. You can't look like a monster if you don't win the match. All right, I'm going to use your logic against you because you always tell me I'm too big on you know wins and losses, you know mattering, and you tell you tell me you know sometimes it's the performance and how you know how dominant you look and you know it's the momentum and stuff. Maybe I'm just saying what you said, but I feel like you said to me. In the he's past. had great. He's had great performances though in the G1. This isn't a new guy we don't know anything about. This isn't yeah, like oh my god, we've never seen we've never seen Jeff Cobb before, yeah, or Will Ospreay before. Yeah, but you know what? This is on a new stage, a bigger. It, this is basically his first match. I believe, I believe this is his first singles match at Wrestle Kingdom. His first year when he was in the G1. A lot of people said he was one of the worst guys in the G1 this year. He stepped up, and then this year he went and starting out a new character where a lot of people have said in the past that he's a really good worker, but he's, he's very bland, and, you know, he's just another guy. And I feel like coming out of this match... I mean, I mean he like still looked bland. I mean, he wrestled a great... He had a character. He, he, as as, our, as our, our good buddy Sean Reamer, who helped us preview Wrestle Kingdom, he had the same outfit. He looked like the same. He didn't do anything different. They just gave him more time to wrestle a better match. He didn't look different. He wasn't in a different outfit. He looked like the same guy that he's been, except they gave him more time and he wrestled one of the best wrestlers in the world. And they, they had a great match. So, I, you know, I, you know I, I don't think he looked any different. Um, I just think they gave him more time to shine and he had a great opponent. So I'm fine with Shingo winning because I love Shingo. So it doesn't really matter to me. I have more of a problem with Osprey. Um, um, losing to Okada, but and then Great Okada sucks, so I don't care. But you can't have this. this oh my God, we, we have this huge stable in New Japan. All these these heels, they're gonna come out and they're gonna kick ass, and then all three of them lose a, a, a month and a half later. That doesn't make sense to me. But again, like New Japan, uh, we all, we we know it's traditionally slower with with building guys than than, than other. Uh, look at Kota Ibushi. Right? Yeah. We've been saying for years they need to they need to give this guy the title. Also, for the record, and we don't need to go too much with New Japan because a lot of a lot of our audience may not watch New Japan. Can we take one of these belts off these guys? We don't. Can we stop with the double champion? Well, they, can they, we they, just they, have yeah, one title. champion? Yeah, I, I think they should just give one of the titles up and then have a tournament for the title. Don't unify them. Know what happens to the other title? No more IC title. That doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes. I think though, it makes the never, uh, the never open weight title mean more. Where it's you know what Shingo has by making that the number two title, and I think that's what they try to do this year. And uh, I, I think what more. I don't think the I don't think the open weight title that. should be the. I don't think the open weight title should be the second title. That's a that's a type that's I don't I don't I you can have hardcore matches. You can do you know, kind of stupid shit with it. You can put it on someone who maybe isn't ready yet, like. Like I, I don't I don't think that should be the second title. I, they haven't built that to be the second title. The IC title should be the second title. And maybe you're right. Uh, but the other guy you just want to go and say something about before we move on was Hiromu Takahashi had two huge great matches. His first night versus El Fantasmo was was an excellent match. I'm glad that El Fantasmo had a, had a moment to shine as a guy who over the last two years has had great matches and I, he's continually as guys continue to leave and move on is getting more and more of as a vocal point in the bullet club, which I truly enjoyed. And then his match the following night versus Ishimori 
was another great match. And it was a good sign that it was the first time ever that the co-main event or uh, on the second night was for the junior heavyweight title. And then on the following following night, you're gonna ha- you wound up having uh, New Year's Dash. They set up Moromo versus Show, which could be one of your best matches, junior heavyweight matches of the year. Following those two matches sounds hard to believe, but the momentum of Hiromu, I think, by, and we spoke about this off air, by, by the uh, G1 this year coming up, I think he'll get the shot that Kushida never got, and he'll be in the G1. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think maybe the idea that he's truly the ace of the juniors, but to make the juniors mean more, However, to make the juniors mean more, they need to get more bodies. So I think that's where it's going to be. And then how many people can you take out of the junior? You know, you take the biggest star of the juniors division. You know, then you have a lot of guys who are like, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. He was obviously spectacular. He, again, is an amazing, amazing wrestler and had some, you know, had, had great matches. Uh, the Ishimori match with him, I mean, out of all the matches, maybe the third best match, maybe the second best match of 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 the whole of the both of both nights. So, just tremendous work by both men. And Hiromu has is and he you know he said in his his press conference that he wants to um, you know take the belt to the next level, and he said he wants to take the junior heavyweight belt to the next level. So that makes me think he's going to stay in the junior heavyweight division. Um, but they've never elevated the junior heavyweight division, and they had some they they, they had some great talent there over the years, and they yeah. really haven't you know pushed that to where I think it should where it should be. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what, what happens. But obviously, Rome was a guy that kind of pushed. They need a combatant, though. They need a big time guy to go against him and you know maybe with the pandemic that opens things up maybe there's a guy from new japan who's there now i know she's gonna go against show i don't i mean it's fine it'll be a good match but he's not a main event level guy he needs to go against someone at his level so um, we'll see what 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 they do there yeah so we'll see where they go with that and last thing and people could check it out on uh, youtube everyone should check out that jay white promo i thought that it was nine minutes long, but I thought it was just gripping on him, just playing this character who's basically given everything he has and is just, I'm going home. There's nothing else I can do. Gonna come. He might come back as a baby face as a result of this, you know, and I just think that he's one of those guys that if he was in, you know, NXT or AEW, the way he talks, the way he works as a heel, I think he could be a big time player. And I do think it's more angle than anything else. I don't think his contract is up, so I don't think... I don't think he'll be showing up in the Royal Rumble or in AEW anytime soon. Yeah, Jay White is always a um, interesting figure. Um, um, he's uh, yeah, he's a, a very interesting guy to me. Um, he obviously wrestled the best match of his career um, in the main event of of Wrestle Kingdom, and he has a great move set. He has a really good style. <clears throat> I think he is he intentionally wrestles slower because he's a heel and he knows that wrestling a faster pace will endear him to the audience. So I think he's a really, really smart wrestler, got a really smart wrestling mind and is a great heel. So um, 
I think he was elevated a little bit too soon to be the leader of the Bullet Club after Omega and after AJ and after Balor because they didn't have anybody. And I think, unfortunately, he hasn't recovered, I think, in all the fans' eyes because AJ was around for so long and then did so great in New Japan. And Omega, same, you know, Omega just was, he brought, I mean, his first matches work right you're like oh my god who is this guy and jay white hasn't never had the opportunity to have that and so i think i i think it's always been a little bit more of a struggle for him and i mean omega's ripped him you know he's like oh they needed something to put over so they pushed him right so i I think that's 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 you know that's always been a a thing that he's trying to like he's trying to catch up to the other leaders of the bullet club so but yeah, great, great work from him. He's a tremendous promo. And I think he really has a good mind for the business. I really do. Yeah, so we'll see how everything goes. We'll keep an eye on uh, New Japan over the next couple of weeks as unfortunately, just like everywhere, the numbers of COVID have gone up. So, I mean, we'll see how their touring goes and how, you know, things go in regards to, you know, the next couple of months. And we'll check in more as they get back into, you know, New Japan Cup and other big things that go along and we'll let you know if any big stories do happen but Jay uh, let's go into one more you know positive before we talk a little you know negative aka main roster Uh, let's take you know two minutes here Uh, Myron Reed versus Leo Rush Uh, MLW as a whole this past Tuesday I'm sorry past Wednesday put out the free show on YouTube I thought it was gonna be a little bit longer of a show it just wound up being a normal one hour I thought it was a Really fun show. Uh, you on Twitter had a couple interactions with uh, the owner of the company, Court Bauer, who uh, apparently liked some of your tweets. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Myron Reed, the young goat, uh, versus Leo Rush, and I guess the show as a whole? Yeah, the show as a whole was solid. Um, it ended very abruptly with the the career and Hammerstone match. It was like, oh, the that's it. Show's over. I also didn't know if it would be an hour. So, um, you know, so that was interesting. The Von Erics, I, I think that they're okay. I think they're no, they're not DIY <laughs> in the ring. Um, I think they still have a lot of work to do. I think the, but they have like real natural, they do have some charisma and I do think they have a lot of physical ability. They're guys I would like to see. I know they're in Hawaii and they spend time in Hawaii and that's where they live. Like, I would love to see them. Like, you know, Jim Ross always talks about this, like getting reps. Like, I'd love to see them get more reps and have more matches because I really think they have the potential to be really good. Um, but it was a fun match with the Dirty Blondes. There's no way they were going to lose that match. Um, and, but the, the Leo Rush, Myron Reed match, that, that was the most important match. It's just, you know, Myron Reed and and the reason why I think people should watch him, people who are watching us and listening to us in Wrestle Life and anyone who listens to our podcast, because you're going to see him on your TV, on national TV, eventually. Um, he, he talks with the swagger. He has a way about him and a look about him. And he's great in the ring. Um, and I think eventually he might fill out. He's very skinny, but he's like tall and lanky. So there's a chance he might fill out. And, you know, he just reminds me of guys that I've seen. You know, I remember watching 
uh, AJ Styles and NWA Wildside in 1999 or 2000, 2001, maybe it was. And I was like, that guy's going to be a star, you know, and it took, took a while. But I really think Myron Reed could be absolutely spectacular. I really do. Um, and we'll see how long he's in MLW for. I think they have him signed for a little bit. And I think, according to Court Bauer, responding to my tweets, thank you, Court. That that he's gonna get a big push, and he should get a big push because I think he's, I think he's one of the best guys in MLW for sure, and um, I think he's a guy that if they keep him, if they're able to keep him, they can build a company around. I don't disagree, you know. And when you take a title off him, and, and he and he even even win the match, <laughs> and you know, you, you take a title off him, and then you have him get attacked by Contra Unit with uh, Batu. I don't think that's by accident. I mean, I think you're going to have the Hammerstone match. I don't think he wins the title. I could see Myron Reed versus Fatu at some point. I mean, you're going to have Fatu on the 20th face ACH. They promoted that uh, in a graphic this past week. But I could see big things from Myron Reed. And I think that, especially with him losing the title and showing a little humility at the end of that match, I could see somewhat of a face turn in the in the near future. I think that they're absolutely, I think they're absolutely doing a face turn because – at the end, so Jordan Oliver was doing a face turn with Simon Gotch with his promo a couple of weeks ago, and they, you know, they ripped the chest protector off. And the, the thing that's and that's why I said the Corbara. I go, you gotta get rid of the chest protector. It's too gimmicky. But um, yeah, so they ripped the chest protector. So I don't think I'll have the chest protector anymore. Um, and he could be a natural baby face too. I think he has the ability on the mic to do everything. And I said this on Twitter, but I'm also gonna say this on the podcast. MLW is a small company with not that many wrestlers that you would think should not really be able to do that well, but they, they, Court Bauer have scouted these like young, talented guys. And I really think MLW is always going to be, have that thing where they like have guys and lose guys, you know, because guys are going to go make more money and, and be on national TV, but you know, kind of what they've done with some of their guys with Fatu with, 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 um, uh, uh, Filthy Tom, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really been impressive. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. You know, we don't have NWA, which, you know, you know how I felt about NWA. So, you know, they have this night on Wednesdays where you have a good show at six and then you have two good shows back to back. Well, I watched them back to back with NXT and AEW. It's, 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 it's been great. So a lot of props to Court Bauer for what he's been able to do with with um, MLW. Whether you agree with all the angles or not, like some of them are like kind of goofy. He gives these guys the ball and says, "Go ahead, run with it." It's not scripted bullshit like we hear on Mondays. I I agree. So we did all the positives. Let's get into a couple of negatives before we call it a day here. So uh, Monday morning was really good. Tuesday morning was really good. Wednesday was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, Monday night. Um, I mean, it was a, it was it was a horrific show. It was a terrible. It was a terrible. It was a terrible show. It was a terrible wrestling show. If you would have had, if you would have said, "Hey, uh, non wrestling fan, watch this show," they would have said, "Why the fuck do you watch this?" Well, quite a few of them did. Highest rating, you know, since March. Legends always bring the, the old timers always bring in. I mean, you had the huge thing with um, Cardi B retweeting, retweeting, and that got a lot of, you know, buzz with, you know, her saying how she liked Melina and Sasha Banks. So, I mean, there was a lot of 
positivity going on there. But and I'm not and I'm going to give full credit that you know Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre both worked hard. You know, still hoping that Keith Lee at some point gets that opportunity to be a main event guy and not 50-50 booked like everyone else in the company. But the thing I want to talk about quickly is, and I'm going to take a view that Jay may not expect here. In the 90s... Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg. Goldberg, yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the slightly here. I don't love the idea that he's ever wrestling again. You know, he's one of those guys that if he never wrestled again, it wouldn't be long enough. But he's got two matches a year for the next, I think, like two or three years. So they've got to come. So we get one of them out of the way. We most likely will still get the Roman Reigns match, I'm guessing, at some time. But you know what? I'm guessing that this match with uh, McIntyre will be, you know, most likely like a uh, WrestleMania match, which he had against, you know, Lesnar and others, where it's four or five minutes of just, you know, big move, big move. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, knock himself out and give himself a concussion before the match and doesn't kill anybody. But get the match out of the way. Usually your matches, your title matches at uh, Royal Rumble aren't always the most memorable. You know, you had Bob Holly versus, you know, Mark Henry, I believe, one year or something to that effect. So, I mean, you know, you don't usually expect huge title matches besides, you know, Rock versus CM Punk that year. So, I mean, I'm not fully against that. What do you, uh, we had to get it out of the way. Goldberg McIntyre, don't love it, but I'm not going to kill it because, like I said, Goldberg has to have these two matches, get one out of the way right away. Why does he have to have the two matches? They release everybody. They seem to release everybody when they want to. Why not release him? His matches suck. He sucks. I mean, God God bless him. He's making his money. I never hate on anyone for making money as long as they're not taking advantage of other people. You know that. Mm -hmm. Um, So God bless him for that. But why is he... Here's the thing, and Dave Meltzer said said this on um, Wrestling Observer. If some of you have been able to hear, he said they put they put Goldberg in the match because they didn't have anybody ready. How the fuck don't you have anybody ready? You have a three hour show every Monday night with guys wrestlers. Why you? What are you? What are they doing for three hours, Corey? I, I, aren't, wouldn't they be getting somebody ready? How do they not have anybody ready to go against Drew McIntyre when they have three hours of television every week? The New Day Miz uh, segment was 35 minutes. They could have gotten a lot of people ready in those 35 minutes. Uh, it, it is, it is just, it is just obnoxiously ridiculous. ridiculous. And you know, Put Goldberg in a match, fine. But what? Why not put Goldberg in a match with a younger guy that he could make, and then you make somebody. Have him go against a Keith Lee. Have him go against. I mean, Sheamus is almost as old as he is, but have him go against, you know, someone who's still on the main roster, who needs to be put over. To have him go against the champion. Why? Why do this? Why not put somebody over? Um, and his matches are fucking terrible. He hasn't wrestled a good match since 1998. Why are we still having, watch, having to watch him wrestle? Especially now, right? In the Attitude Era, 
some of the matches were real dicey. But the Attitude Era was a great, you know, great promos, great stories, whatever. The wrestling we see today in ring is just outrageous. These guys are just, they're all great athletes and spectacular. And we've got to watch this old shitbag wrestle in these matches. I don't want to call him a shitbag. He's, he might be a nice person, but in the ring, he's a shitbag. We've got to watch this old guy wrestle in a match and he's not good. He can't even fake it to make it look good. He got a concussion in a match and then and he gave Undertaker a concussion. It was the worst match ever. And they're still giving him opportunities because he's going to draw. And you know what? To WWE's point, maybe he draws. But here's the problem. That's an indictment on your company. That's an indictment on your stories. That's an indictment on what you're doing every Monday and every Friday. Now, SmackDown, thank God for Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. That has been much better. But, you know, it's not like that writing has been amazing either. Some of the undercard stuff still, uh, you know, uh, is not amazing either. Build somebody up. Put somebody over. Watch NXT and AEW. Vince, I, I just, I want it for a couple of weeks. And AEW, I have a lot of problems with them. But they do a really good job. Because it's not 50-50 booking. There are the stars, and there are the guys who are not stars. They clearly, the Joey Janellas, the Sunny Kisses, they are not the you know, Brian Pillman Juniors. They're not stars. And that's okay. You know, NXT, they have guys who lose most of these matches. That's okay. You can have guys lose matches and it's fine. But who 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 wins on Raw? Drew McIntyre. Other than him, everybody loses all the fucking time. And that's why Goldberg has to wrestle this match because nobody's over because everybody loses. What's the point? What are we doing here? It's just... It's maddening to watch. And his promo didn't make any sense. He's talking about the the young guy, you know, Drew McIntyre disrespecting the young guys. Motherfucker, were you watching the show? He just did a promo with Hulk Hogan putting Hulk Hogan over. He didn't disrespect anyone. Orton sat around saying he was going to beat every all the old guys up and didn't do anything. Where was he at? Getting burnt alive, maybe. I don't know. But, it, it you know, it's just... It's tough to watch because they have so many talented guys. And like, look at Mustafa Ali, how talented of a guy he is in the ring, on the mic. He's spectacular. He's in this, the worst, he's in the worst stable. The job squad was better than the stable. Right to censor was better than this stable. It, it, it's, it's, it's really difficult to watch. And, uh, you know, I, and listen, if you like Goldberg and you're excited for him, God bless you. I, 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 I you know, I, I, whatever people want to do in their life, other than be racist and homophobes and terrible people, you, if you want to like who you like in terms of wrestling, go ahead, be a big Goldberg fan. But man, I just, I, I just don't get it. But you know, here's the other problem. You know what Vince is going to say? Look at the ratings. And then... The, the same shit's going to keep happening. That's it. I just love how I could just say the one word. It wasn't retribution this this week, but said the one word, and then I could just sit back for 10 minutes, look at my phone, and go, Oh, McCoy, it's, but, <laughs> McCoy, it's such a problem with the WWE. How can they, how can they say they don't have anybody ready? 
what do they do for all these hours? Like, I don't, like, I don't understand it. They, and this is a conversation for, you know, we've gone an hour almost or whatever, right? So we don't have the time to do this, but eventually you and I talked about this offline a little bit. We've got to talk about the WWE's booking and how everybody is booked to be the same person and nobody's booked to be a star. And when you do that, and wins and losses don't always matter. We've talked about that. Absolutely. But sometimes they do. And, and you've got to have some guys who are top guys and some guys who are middle and some guys who are bottom. You just have that. They had that in the 80s. They had that in the Attitude Era. And that's when the WWE was their most successful. So I don't understand why they can't go to that formula again. Um, it, it's just, and maybe now guys are spoiled and guys feel like I, I, I don't want to be the guy who loses all the time, you know, then hire guys who do, I, I, I don't know. Um, but they need to figure their stuff out, man, because it's, 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 yeah, it's rough. That being said, I'm sure Royal Rumble will be great. We'll be excited for WrestleMania. Um, but you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rough go. All right. We're the Workshop Wrestling Podcast. Um, we're on Wrestle Life, um, Wrestling Life. We appreciate everybody who might be listening to us live. Anyone listens to our podcast, we are at Workshoot Pod on Twitter. We are Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, Workshoot Podcast, a Workshoot Pod also on Instagram as well. Uh, the great Jackie Andy uh, runs our Instagram because I would not know how to put up an audio clip if you paid me. Uh, so really appreciate that. Um, and we are on Facebook, Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Just Google us, you'll find us. Um, we are part of the great life group. Uh, podcast series which we're really excited about dong city is on monday total bases on sunday those are both baseball podcasts and the reason why i highlight those francisco lindor traded from Corey's cleveland browns for uh a bunch of jobbers basically some guy named andres jimenez never heard of him not even a top prospect all right um anyway so dong city and total bases i'm sure we'll talk about those um you know that big trade uh, you've got the Audible. we got the NFL playoffs. Very excited about that. As you see, big Green Bay fan, go Pack Go. Um, and the Browns, I mean, God bless them with Stefanski. Um, we got the Step Back, which is the NBA podcast. Um, so NBA is uh, uh, very interesting right now. And then you have us on Thursdays, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. So check out all these podcasts. I really encourage you guys to do so. Um, they are some really, really good content. And you know what? There's another podcast that we uh, are kind of part of, uh, our sister podcast, Jay. The name of it just kind of, I'm forgetting what it is. Do you remember what it is? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Great comedy podcast. In our day and age that we have with all the, the COVID and this piece of shit president and anarchy going on in our world, it's nice to have some comedy, nice to have some fun things. And, um, you know, it's nice that, you know, the, the, the You Don't Know Jackie podcast is a great comedy podcast. Take your mind off the world for a little bit and all its problems. And, and, and you can get to see Corey made fun of for an hour or so. Uh, we just did uh, episode 80 this past week where we talked about uh, what if the end of the world, what would you do? And, uh, of course, you know, uh, that was a ton of last 20 more episodes till I could renegotiate my contract, you know, get, you know, one cent more than nothing what I get now. 
So uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, Jay, we've got uh, one more subject to talk about. Uh, we like I said, we talk about all the positives. So we'll talk about a negative, a negative guy. Well, say negative guy, but guy who got into a little bit of trouble during the Speak Out movement. Uh, Marty Scroll, who was the uh, head booker of ROH, huge uh, in-ring talent. Was paid, a paid, of, paid a lot of money. Was a part of the Bullet Club. I mean, he's finally, uh, I'm sure because of the corporate environment uh, with Sinclair, took a while to do with all the red tape, but he's no longer part of the company. They put out a, a text saying that, uh, we not wishing best future endeavors, but saying, you know, ROH and um, Marty Scroll have parted ways. What do you think is the future for him? I mean, with the way that- Corey, I, Corey, I don't know. What do you do with them? I, I mean, know. I mean, he, you know, AW had the issue with Excalibur, right? And that was a thing from years ago, right. that an angle he did that the other wrestlers in the angle were okay with. And it came out that he did, it, yeah, and it came out that, you know, um, with the Black Lives Matter stuff. And like, I was fine with him being suspended because I just, I think we need to be more cognizant of how we talk about black people and people of color in general in storylines and angles. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, he didn't need to be fired. Like he didn't do it right now and he apologized for it, it was, whatever. Um, Minus girls thing is pretty bad, <laughs> like pretty bad, you know, potentially, you know, you know, he, he, we know that he absolutely had sex with a, with a young lady who was old, under, right? under, underage. So she was 16 years old and I don't know how old he was, you know, whatever, late 20s, right. whatever he was. Right. And we know that happened. She said it wasn't consensual. He says it was whatever. And England's 16 it's, is consensual, but it's still. Yeah, wrong, it's but still it's it's gross, right? Well, so like, okay. the problem <laughs> is it's really gross, and you know, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't. Maybe he goes to NXT. You know, they Riddle's there, and he's got some stuff going on. Velveteen Dream, I don't know what they're doing with him. He's still there. Um, so maybe they take him on. Maybe they let this blow by for a few months. And I mean, look at Riddle. He's all over there showing Raw. I mean, Vince, I has, Vince has had his own problem. He's had massive problems with uh, women and sexual harassment and stuff like that. So maybe they say, you know, Marty Scurll, like, I mean, NXT needs, they need someone like him. They need a big time guy. Um, I don't know how that would go over with his former, you know, old Bullet Club stable mates. I, I don't know if he's persona non grata with them or, or what the deal is. Um, you know, I know Candace, yeah, I, you know, Candace Lurie, I was talking about, thinking about Jerry Ryan, but I, I, so I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he got, he got some type of payoff. You know, Ring of Honor gave him some type of money to like, you know, say goodbye. Um, and they've resigned a bunch of guys too. Yeah, uh, which is and uh, Mark, and, yeah, and Haskins. So, um, you know, I, gosh, I don't, he's such a talented guy, so great in the ring, so great on the mic. I, I still remember those first matches I watched with him. I with him, and I think it was Will Ospreay, and they were spectacular. The kind of different styles that they had. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's hard for me because like. 
The woman says he was consensual. He says it wasn't. I, I don't I don't really like to get involved in stuff like that because it just all sounds really icky and gross. And I don't know if I were another company if I could if I could deal with it. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say on this is I know that everyone would think that the logical space is AW because of the young bucks and before um, he was let go, there was some BTE episodes where I believe it was right before Double or Nothing. He did a cameo there where, you know, they didn't acknowledge him there, but they did like an alternate thing where he actually was in the background. I mean, he was, I mean, he was going, I mean, he was going there, right? right. Like mm-hmm. Ring of Honor paid him a ton of money, made him a head booker, but he was going to AEW. That's, there's no, that's an indisputable, indisputable fact that he was going there. And that's why he was able to negotiate such a great deal with Ring of Honor because he had so much leverage because he was going to AEW. And Ring of Honor felt like he was a top star in a company and they needed to keep him. Right. And then, but the thing I'm thinking is the idea that the way that their idea is that they won't bring in Tessa Blanchard because of the negative idea of they want a positive atmosphere in that locker room. And because of her problems, I think it would be a total double standard. And sure, it's professional wrestling. And, you know, you feel like you can make money for a company, they'll do what they want. But the stand that they have against, you know, Hulk Hogan with Tony Khan said, you know, Hulk Hogan will never be part of this. But I think, I think it's, I think it's different though. Okay. One, Tessa Blanchard's issues have been with the wrestlers and none of them get along with her. Marty Skrull has an allegation that was years ago. Now I'm not saying he's not a horrible scumbag. I'm I'm not saying that he is or that he isn't. I know that having sex with a 16 year old girl seems gross no matter what the legal age is in whatever country you're in and i say that as a high school guidance counselor who works with you know seniors right so i think it's all kind of gross but again maybe legal in england whatever that being said he didn't if he comes into the locker room he probably would be a positive for the locker room um so you know where hogan's thing also was out there he said the N-word. He said he was horribly racist. That wasn't a, well, maybe, you know, you know, it wasn't that. It was terrible. And, I, and Corey, and I'm going to say this. If that happened in our current climate now with people actually, like, caring a little more about Black people, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he would be gone. I don't think, I think there's no way Hogan would have ever come back yeah. in any capacity. But know. because it happened a couple of years ago when we didn't care about us, they didn't care about us as much. It was, you know, he can't, he was able to come back. But so I, with Skrull, again, this is an accusation from years ago. Maybe AEW says, ah, let's, let's try it. But also one, they don't need him. Uh, they have enough guys on the roster. And two, it would also bring, it's one of those things, right? Like the Tampa Bay Bucks with Antonio Brown. They want to win the Super Bowl. So they're bringing in this guy who's a known scumbag into their into their 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 midst and they're like is the risk worth the reward we can win a super bowl but we gotta have this scumbag on the team and for the most part you haven't heard a lot about it mm-hmm. is marty Skrull a big enough star that he's worth bringing in to aw for the negative press that they may get i don't think he's i don't think he is a big enough star for that but with his friendships and things like that, AW may feel like he is, or they may let this blow over for a few more months, 
maybe, you know, into next year and give him another shot. I don't know. It really could go either way. I don't see AEW signing him, but I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a, you know, it's a, it's a 0% chance. Yeah. I, in closing on this, I think his two options, at least in my opinion, are MLW will take chances on guys because it gives publicity to both ends. The person has a second chance and also, you know, a big name, even just coming in for a couple of spots or new Japan pro wrestling being maybe part of the angle with Will Ospreay with, with his new group being, you know, with the connection with, you know, the United Kingdom, I could see that maybe, and being them, they were rivals at one point. Now that him turning heel, that could be part of the storyline that one of the guys who was in his ear was after all this time, I convinced him that this is the way you need to be, you know, the villain, you're taking up the villain thing. So, I mean, I can see that being- Every now and then you come up with one, you come up with a nugget. Every now and, you know, not, you guys have maybe listened to us a few times. Most of the time, Corey's nuggets, he don't have so many nuggets. Every now and then, he gets a real golden nugget. What did we talk about earlier in this show? What does Hiromu need? Right? He needs a big time junior heavyweight type of guy. Now, is Marty Scroll like a main eventer in, in American television? Like, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, a definitely upper mid card guy, maybe. It, it all depends, right, on how he's booked. I think he'd go to New Japan and be a top top junior heavyweight and what does empire need empire has three heavyweights and they have no junior heavyweight and uk that connection whatever maybe they won't be as worried about these allegations i mean look at will osprey he has his own stuff right so you know what Corey? i think we found a spot for him you found a spot for him i think him going to new japan i think would work for him and he could rehabilitate his reputation uh, give him a couple of months there, and then maybe he maybe he comes back to the U.S. Um, you know next year once you know things have died down and you know there's been no more accusations or no whatever. So um, yeah, I, I think New Japan's a good spot for him for sure. I don't talk about Marty Scurll today, but interesting conversation. So Jay, another really interesting show. Spoke about the crazy first week in wrestling. Spoke a little about Marty Scurll. Upcoming weeks, we'll talk about the Dusty Classic as we find out who uh, who all the teams are in the men's and found out after the show that the uh, there'll be a women's uh, Dusty Classic this year. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. And hopefully the winner gets a shot at the, uh, the tag team titles, you know, way to get the titles off of them. But uh, Jay, we spoke about a lot of great things. We've got uh, a couple of big football games this weekend. You get a, a weekend to go and relax before you find out what team you kill in the first in the second round. I'm going to go and hope that, you know, no more COVID cases come out. But uh, Jay, as always, the final word is yours. Please pray for Baker. As the train goes by in lovely Chicago, Illinois, I think we're done here. See ya.